Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah. Jordan, the tailback in the game. He's got it. That's Ty Jordan. His touchdown runs against Washington State. We all woke up to the news Saturday morning. The Texas Police Department said they responded to a call at 8.38 Friday. By 1 a.m., he'd been pronounced dead. And the Denton police said following preliminary investigation, they do believe it was an accidental shooting where he accidentally shot himself. PK, we talked about this on TV. And, you know, the older you get, the more likely you are to know someone who passed away as a teenager, a young adult, and uh, you've probably been to one of those funerals at some point in your life, and some people listen to this, maybe they've been to more than one of them, and there is really nothing you can say. There's no way really to explain this stuff and to comfort people. It's, uh, it's brutal, and it was brutal when we saw this news on Twitter Saturday morning. Oh, for sure, yeah. I and mean, there's nothing more that I could say beyond that individually. This is a tremendous loss for everyone involved. Whether you're a fan, obviously, if you have a personal relationship with the young man, if you're a family member, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, as you're talking about, uh, when I was 12 years old, one of my best buddies died, and I was a pallbearer. And it was it was just awful, man. It stuck with me for all these years, and uh, your heart goes out to folks who had any involvement. I All I did was just interview him on Zoom calls. Right. Uh, but what a talent. As far as a football player, we all saw the talent. And to know that that got cut short, it's about as tragic as it gets. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Snap. Spot. It's blocked. The Flames have won. The Flames have won. Block kick. And Liberty celebrates in Orlando. 37-34 on the blocked field goal in overtime. Hashtag beat Coastal. So Coastal Carolina's perfect season ends in most bizarre fashion with a blocked field goal in overtime. It felt like they kind of cheated defeat there at the uh, at the end of regulation but then they get beat in overtime so the team that ruined BYU's perfect season now has their own undefeated season ruined as well and we had that Coastal Carolina announcer on the air uh, that wasn't him there that was a different call but uh, he was telling us that because Liberty was a the team they were supposed to play that week when they played BYU and he's telling us how they'd had a great rivalry with uh, Liberty when they were in the the championship subdivision are looking forward to the game and now they get it and go down yeah the idea of uh, that being a robbery was not anything that i had any knowledge of going into the season and now i do for that very reason and so i was watching the end of that game and, and obviously with the uh, liberty guys fumbling on the goal line i'm not sure what was going on there and <laughs> then they blocked uh, the field goal the temple it's just incredible it's fun to see the raw emotion i mean i couldn't care less who wins i know a bunch of byu fans I wanted Coastal Carolina to go, and uh, the announcer for BYU tweeted out Liberty three or four times, and 
it's hard to imagine being that age and being that into it, but nevertheless, uh, he is. And so uh, you got your revenge if that's what you were looking for. And But what a way to end the game. It was just uh, two things there in regulation and then in the overtime period. It was absolutely phenomenal in terms of entertainment, which is all I'm looking for when I turn on a game. So we've all wondered how this super senior year is going to to work for rosters. And certainly we've heard the local coaches talk about it. Kyle's talked about it uh, at length. And we have his availabilities on the air because all the season they were at 830 in the morning. And uh, we're starting to get a little example. We, we know the seniors who can go to the NFL are going to go to the NFL and make money. And, and the guys who are seniors who can't play have already heard people say things like, well, you can't get on the field for five years. What the heck are we going to have you back for a sixth? Someone's going to have to have a hard conversation. But there is a group of players who are in the sweet spot where they're not ready for the NFL, but they're contributing. And the Miami's, uh, Miami's quarterback, De'Ara King, is going to return for another season with the Canes and Coral Gables. And so he was a grad transfer from Houston, and so he's going to take advantage of that sixth-year senior. I guess the question now, PK, is uh, how many players are going to do that, how the coach is going to accommodate and for our local teams, exactly which players will that be? Well, they'll start to come out now in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Overnight, uh, a defensive back for the Sun Devils, a guy named Jack Jones. Uh, He has decided he's going to stay. He's a player. He's all-conference caliber. I mean, that means far more than some kid from Miami relative to uh, the Utes. So that's another kid. And, yeah, I would think there'd there'd be some. Probably not a lot, but some will. And... And uh, doesn't mean that they won't be difference makers. I'm not sure I buy that theory that they don't have the opportunity to be difference makers. Music City Bowl set for Wednesday, Missouri and Iowa. That's been canceled. Tigers shut down all team activities through January 2nd. They had an increase in positive tests in their program. So that game's off. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Handoff goes to Kamara, looking for space on the right side towards the goal line. Touchdown, Alvin Kamara. Mama, there go that man again. Brady looks, looks, fires a shot toward the end zone. It's caught. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. It is caught by Antonio Brown, a defender on him. He's got a touchdown grabbing two games in a row now. All the sound kick is up, and it's good. Got it. It's good. It's all good. Are going to win this game with one second. Throws out to Eckler. He's got the first down yarders. Pushes to the end zone. Touchdown, Chargers. And with that pass, Herbert has set a new rookie record for touchdown passes in a season with his 28. Rodgers takes, fakes to Dillon. Rodgers, lots of time. Still waiting. Throws, middle end zone. Touchdown. Yes, Devontae Adams. Wide open. And the Packers answer the Titans. So there's some highlights from a weekend full of action with games Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, of course, we'll have another game tonight. The Patriots and the Bills are playing. It started with Alvin Kamara and PK. You know, you do this and you get into sports and you think you know what's coming and you think you expect it. But I got to tell you, I got a surprise. After he goes off for six touchdowns on Friday, I get in the car and one of the national shows is on. And I hear a guy, I hear a guy talking about Ernie Nevers, and all of a sudden they're getting into stuff that happened in the 20s and 30s. Now, when you turn on sports talk radio, and you don't just listen in this market, you listen to sports talk radio in other markets. Uh, when you're at the gym, you especially you listen to Arizona, but you've listened to other stations. Like, how often do you expect to hear 
guys breaking down anything from 85, 90, 95 years ago. I mean, that was that was really bizarro. I guess, a timely, I guess, but totally bizarre. Wouldn't be me, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, that stuff really doesn't float my boat in terms of these records and all that stuff. I mean, what does it mean? I'm interested in winning. Personal records really don't fly for me, and I certainly wouldn't. I didn't even know the NFL existed in the 20s and 30s. I thought it was more in the 40s. Yeah, Ernie Nevers uh, played in the late 20s and early 30s. So there you go. I've never heard of him. (laughs) (laughs) Alvin Kamara with the six rushing touchdowns. Now New Orleans to the winning part of this with their blood of Minnesota. Right now they're sitting as the two seed, but they could be one or three. So who they match up with, do they get a first round bye, all that stuff at stake uh, as the season ends. The Packers last night, with the exception of one possession on either side of halftime when the Titans went from down 19-0 to back in the game in 1914. The Packers dominated. They end up winning 40-14. to uh, In the snow, frozen tundra, all that stuff in Green Bay. And so the Packers uh, can still be the one seed as they route Tennessee. And Seattle beat the Rams in a total defensive struggle. A former Ute, Matt Gay, with three field goals for the Rams. They never got in the end zone. They end up losing 20-9. So Seattle wins their division, all those teams battling and sort out who's one, who's two, and who's three uh, next week in the last week of the season. Yeah, and that's the way it should be. That's, that just adds to the enjoyment and the what the intriguement, which isn't a word, I understand that, uh, of the uh, final week of the season. I mean, the Packers looked absolutely awesome. I thought they were most impressive. It was the biggest win of the extended weekend, and Aaron Rodgers is running away with it. The best thing that the Packers did was draft that <laughs> Utah State quarterback. I mean, there's just no question about it, man. He's so His numbers are just incredible, and I realize it's a passing league now, so numbers are more incredible than they were back when uh, Gail Devers played or whoever. Ernie Nevers, Gail Devers. Uh, uh, so, or Gail Sayers, you name yeah. you know, whoever. And uh, so you're going to have somewhat inflated if you can compare. But nevertheless, Aaron Rodgers is just on top of his game. And for those who are upset and think it was wrong to draft Jordan Love, no, it wasn't. It was the absolute right thing to do. Yeah, regardless of what Jordan Love does with his career, <laughs> the motivation it's provided Aaron Rodgers this year is uh, it's, they're putting his numbers up on the screen. And it's, yeah. uh, it's beyond video game stuff. 70% of your completions, you complete 70% of your passes. Not like rounding up. 70.3, he's over. That is unbelievably good. And 44 touchdowns now and only five interceptions. That is also just excellent. And, you know, the numbers when they with the rule changes and the style changes in the game, so comparing across the generations, but you compare him to his peers, who does this? Well, all I can say is he is the next Zach Wilson. Oh, wow. Look at you. Nice. Uh, on the subject of winning, how about the Steelers, who start 11-0, lose three in a row, and were well on their way to losing a fourth straight game. They are down 24-7 to the Colts, and they go down and get stopped. Goal line stand by the Colts in the middle of the third quarter, and you're thinking, this is crazy, man. The Steelers are going to lose four in a row. The Colts are going to have the same record as the Steelers when this thing is over. And the Steelers scores touchdowns on the next three possessions. Boom, boom, boom. Rivers throws a pick late when they got to midfield, and that's the game. The Steelers get out of there with a win, and they are set up to be either the – they've won the division, and now they'll be either the the two or three seed. They don't have the tiebreaker with Buffalo because they lost to the Bills head-to-head. KC locked up the one seed. But the Steelers, maybe they righted the ship there, PK. 
Maybe they they pulled it together. Now we'll all watch going forward to see if that's true or if that was a one-off. Well, the Steelers are going to be defined by playoff success so or failure, whatever it might be. So we'll, we'll know next month. Uh, the Chiefs have a weird deal going. They're 14-1. and one. They've clinched the one seed, but they've now played a half dozen one-possession games. It was a three-point game. Atlanta misses a late field goal. It was uh, There were two lead changes in the last five minutes, and there was almost a third. You can't emphasize how close KC came in to lose this game, but that's what they've been doing for six weeks, sometimes against good teams, sometimes against lousy teams. They've, uh, they've eked out wins over the Broncos and the Panthers in this stretch, but they've beaten some good teams too. They keep winning. Uh, if you watch the game, it doesn't look great, but then you look at the record, and they're defending Super Bowl champs, and they're 14-1. and And like you just said, uh, here's another team that's going to be defined by what they do in the postseason. Yeah, that's the, re- that's the way it should be. That's what you want. So the NFC East, your division, is going to have a, a, a champion with a losing record that's guaranteed after Washington lost to Carolina. Uh, Alex Smith didn't start. They're 4-2 when he starts. And they're 2-7 when he doesn't, so i got to wonder if uh, they're going to get him back there in Philadelphia trying to clinch the division next week. If they don't, then it's the winner. Of the, if they lose, then the Cowboys-Giants winner wins the division. So, Go Cowboys, huh? <laughs> you know, they could win the division at 7-9 and nine with a catastrophic season-ending injury to their star quarterback. In a weird way, I, I mean, I guess you'd feel good about that. You know, you salvage something out of it. You make the playoffs. I mean, that's the goal. Right. Uh, Ravens look like they're going to make the playoffs now. They got their 10th win. They've been on the outside looking in, but Cleveland missing a lot of players. I think it was at least eight to COVID, whether they had it or they were sidelined for the testing. They, were, they weren't playing. A couple linebackers, a couple offensive linemen, and, and uh, four wide receivers, including their top two receivers. And they almost rallied. They were way down against the Jets. They got to 23-16, and they, they, fumble a, they fumble the ball on a quarterback sneak at the Jet 15 going in on a fourth and one. So they lose, and the Ravens win. And now the Ravens, all they got to do is beat the Bengals next week. They need a little help, and they got it. They, they're set up. They, they should get in. Great. All right, there are multiple NFL franchises inquiring. Urban Meyer, hey. You want to do an interview? You want a head coaching job? You want to work in the NFL? Meyer said to be evaluating his options. According to reports, he will make a decision soon on his future. I just don't see him as an NFL coach, PK. I mean, the guy is so uh, so uh, dominant, I think, and telling people how to do things and demanding stuff, and it just feels like that's going to wear out on pros pretty quick. Well, what's pretty quick? If you get five years and you win big, You'll take it. I mean, Bill Parcells did that, and he moved around. At the end, him. People would take it. So uh, as long as you win, uh, that's really all they care about. Are you going to win? And, you know, like J.J. Watt and his impassioned plea yesterday uh, after the uh, Texans lost, I thought it was awesome. He swore a couple times, but BFD. (laughs) I mean, if you're not willing to come here and give everything you have, then do I really want you in the first place? And and uh, that was about a, a two-minute thing. If you haven't heard J.J. Watt talk, go. I'm sure you can go on social media and find it after the game. Because And they called it a rant. I didn't really think it was a rant. I just thought it was him expressing himself. Every time you express yourself, it doesn't necessarily have to be a rant. A rant, to me, is something that doesn't make a whole lot of sense and you're all over the place. J.J. Watt wasn't. As far as Urban Meyer... 
Yeah, I think he could win. I'm not going to put – I would not put it past Urban Meyer to do anything. And I'm sure part of it is the attention and being loved up because uh, no one's really coming after you anymore and you're not the center of the universe the way you've been for so many years. So he probably enjoys that. But, man, absolutely I can see him be successful at, at the NFL level. Have to change his offense. He likes to run the quarterbacks a lot. That'll get quarterbacks beat up pretty fast in the NFL. That seems like another thing that's got to be addressed. He's got to figure it out. And as far as the uh, J.J. Watt thing, uh, we ran the entire thing on uh, on Channel 2 last night. His whole thing about the fans and they buy our jerseys and they had so yeah. much money and so much yeah. time and we got to right. show up on time. Man, I want to know what's going on behind the scenes in Houston. Is Clearly, well, people are showing up. Yeah, they're losing. That's one. And he mentioned that multiple times. But when he starts talking about showing up on time for practice and uh, showing up on time in the building, you know, and, and watching the film and all that stuff, and then going out and showing up on time for practice. Sounds like things have gotten pretty loose behind the scenes in Houston. Well, and, and I think showing up on time is imperative. And, you know, it doesn't happen all the time. You may have a legitimate reason. But I think it's so rude. If you're going to start a Zoom meeting at 10 o'clock, you start it at 10 o'clock. You don't wait seven minutes. Or if you start it, you don't recap it for the people who come in late. That's my rant. My time is no less valuable than your time. And unless you got a legitimate, if you had a flat tire or something, who knows, any number of reasons that could happen. But I agree with him on that. Showing up on time is uh, the, is very, very responsible because everybody else is doing it. And who the crap are you not to do it? The Rams believe that Jared Goff suffered a broken and dislocated thumb in that loss to Seattle that decided the NFC West yesterday. Goff's going to try to play through it, put off the surgery. Rams can still make the playoffs. They're playing the Cardinals. The winner of that game should be in. The loser of that game could be in trouble based on what happens with the Bears and the Packers. It's kind of three teams for two spots there at the end of the uh, wild card lineup. So we'll see how that shakes out. And uh, Goff could be uh, pretty limited, but he's going to try to go. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Offensive rebound. He's tapped out from Towns to Culver. Now Ricky with it. Back to JC. Left angle three on the way. He got it. Jared Culver with his third three of the game. 9-12 left to go in the game as Ant attacks down the lane, runs it up off the glass and banks it in for two. He scored that over Derek Favors. Towns on a post up against Favors. Works him into the paint. Off balance. Leaner with the right hand. No. Tip follow. Yes for Carl. Minnesota was the more aggressive team. You know, I, I thought in the first half, they just, they ran, they defended, and we didn't do either of those things, and that's why we gave up, you know, a 68-point quarter. Our offense hurt our defense, and they played in the full court. We've been defending, and we've been running, and if we don't do those two things, it makes for a long night for us. It makes things very much uphill. That is Quinn Snyder, and if you didn't listen, we just replayed the... Uh in the best of post game show in the last segment. Uh, that's what he said uh, as the PR person started to lead the question. He said, no, I got something I want to say. The, the question sessions are getting really short. Uh, some of them are getting cut off after three and four questions. And he wanted to make sure he said that, PK. The end of the first half, when they were giving up a uh, – Fast breaks after made baskets. They gave up a they had a really soft turnover, and then that gave up a dunk. And then Joe Ingles went and got a layup and a pick and roll, and Minnesota just blew by the Jazz. All five Jazz guys got in the paint and kicked it out for a three. And 
<clears throat> Quinn Snyder's not on TV at that point. Minnesota's shooting at the other end of the floor. But that's the kind of stuff. You can't see it, but when you hear his voice after the game, that really irritates him. <laughs> it just really irritates him. Sorry, Madeline, I got something I want to say. Boom, and you let it rip. Oh, yeah, I mean, you got something you want to say. By all means, say it. You're the coach. And when he does that, when anybody does that, just to add to the level of urgency and importance and how he wants to make public note of it so everybody knows, that's sort of like what J.J. Watt did. It's a much more of a curtailed less dramatic version of that but he's speaking from the heart it's something that he wants out there and it's something that they have to improve and it and i don't want to go crazy because this is game two but it was a disappointing game totally winnable you know we talk all the time about the schedule in the nba and it creates some wins and some losses when you get to play at home that should be an advantage when you get to play a team from the bottom half of the league of course you can lose Happens all the time, but when you're playing a team in the bottom half of the league, if you think you're in the top half of the league, you ought to win. So when you have those two things going for you, team from the bottom half of the league at home and two days rest getting ready for it, it's got to be a W. And it wasn't. Yep. So he's he's thinking all that going into it, and they're down 15 at halftime because Minnesota's running by him after the Jazz score a hoop. And the Jazz are turning the ball over, real soft turnovers, multiple times near half court. Layups and dunks going the other way and free throws going the other way for Minnesota. It's driving them nuts. So the Jazz looked awesome blowing out Portland and then looked horrible losing to Minnesota. It was two completely different performances. Uh, We'll get to that coming up. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, by the way, fell late in that game, looked like he was hurt, and then he tried to stay in and play, but then he couldn't play against the Lakers. So uh, he's dislocated left wrist. Now he's going to miss multiple games. Jazz back on the road, Oklahoma City, playing the Thunder. Tonight, 6 o'clock, you'll hear the game right here on The Zone. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe, 5 o'clock with the pregame show. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. The Mavericks, after getting humbled by the Lakers on Friday night, come out and do a number on the Clippers, who had gotten off to a tremendous start. Yes, no Kawhi Leonard today. I don't know that that would have made a whole lot more difference. The Mavericks were letter-perfect, Brad, in a 124-73 to annihilation. I take full responsibility. You know, it's a tough game coming from Christmas. You know, I enjoyed my Christmas day. I enjoyed my Christmas day yesterday. Today just popped up on me a little too fast. I'll take full ownership of that, coming out and being prepared to play today. Be a different situation come uh, next game, and, you know, we'll be ready. Make sure um, our group will be ready. That's Paul George after the Clippers suffer a historically hideous loss, down by 50 at halftime in the shot clock era. Hadn't happened until it happened to the Clippers, and they get worked by the Mavs. No Kawhi Leonard. He caught an elbow from Serge Ibaka and had eight stitches in his mouth, and they give him the day off. And then the whole team took the day off, PK. Down by 50 at halftime. That's that's a unique accomplishment right there. <laughs> a unique one, huh? Very unique. Nobody else has done it. Congrats. <laughs> uh, elsewhere in the NBA, the Warriors finally got a win. They've been off to a rough start. They beat the Bulls. Uh, Damian Lee hit a three with 1.7 seconds left to give the Warriors the 129-128 win. Golden State for a W. And Lakers destroyed the Timberwolves. No Carl Anthony Towns. Kyle Kuzma went for 20 in the blowout. Came out hot. Hit three threes early. Got the Lakers rolling, and they just kept rolling. They beat them right from the opening get-go. Who'd they beat? 
Lakers beat the Wolves right after the Wolves beat the Jazz. Ah, no Carl Anthony, huh? No Carl Anthony Towns with the rest. Uh, Cavaliers blowing out the Sixers by 22 points. If you're looking for an odd-looking score, that was weird. There have been a few of that, a few of these uh, early this year, PK. Well, I looked at that, and of course, Embiid didn't play. Yep. Uh, Warriors lost Marquise Chris. Broken fibula, expected to miss the rest of the season. Got hurt in practice. Timeline for his surgery coming up this week. Uh, there you go. Another season-ending loss there for the Warriors. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Blake Snell, American League Cy Young Award winner in 2018, traded by Tampa Bay for four prospects, sent to the Padres. He's under contract for three more years and $39 million. Now, the Padres uh, minor league organization, we've been talking about it for, I don't know, at least, what, at least two, no, probably three years. They've been saying how good their organization is, and they dip into that list of prospects to get the former Cy Young Award winner who... While not putting up those dominant numbers again, was last seen in the World Series getting controversially pulled from the game and the Dodgers come back and win the series. And that's all the big talk. Should he have stayed in or should he have come out? So how much does Snell change the National League West race? Because the National League West race hasn't changed for a while now. The Dodgers are winning it year after year after year. Well, you don't have to win any division to win the World Series. So the whole goal is to win the World Series, and this makes the Padres a much better team in terms of winning that. They don't have to catch the Dodgers. If they should play the Dodgers in the postseason, they're going to have to beat them. So uh, over 162 or however many games we play, uh, I'm not sure that it's going to make up that difference if you're looking to catch the Dodgers. But when you get in the short playoff series, if you have an ace, that is something that you really, really want. The other baseball news, Phil Necro, Hall of Famer, passes away in his sleep. He had been battling cancer. He was 81 years old. Had all the big numbers, PK, 300 wins. Only had 318 of them. Pitched for 24 years. He is the seventh baseball Hall of Famer to pass away in 2020. And a uh, story I read online, uh, ESPN had a thing from a baseball Hall of Fame spokesperson that uh, seven Hall of Famers dying in one year. That's the most ever in one year. Just huge names. And Tom Seaver was one of them in the Hall of Famers. So, of course, they're going to be huge names, right? Yep. All right, we got another uh, elite pitcher coming over from Japan. This time, the Texas Rangers getting their guy with a two-year contract for Kohei Arihara. 60-50 and 50 in Japan, 125 starts, Pacific leading 15 wins in 2019. Can he do it in the U.S.? How long have pitchers from Japan been coming over now? Is this like a 20-year trend? Uh, I'd say probably 25, 30. 25, in. And the Washington Nationals traded for Pittsburgh Pirates first baseman Josh Bell. Former All-Star. He's 28 years old. Uh, been some up-and-down numbers in his career. PK, you think change of uh, scenery gets him back to All-Star status? Well, the All-Star thing is that, you know, each team has to have a representative. It's a dumb rule that baseball has, so I don't know that he is an all-star based on what we view as all-stars, but he's an upgrade over what the Nationals have at first base after Zimmerman uh, stepped away. So uh, Josh Bell is an improvement, and that's what you're looking to improve your team, Um, and I think the Nationals did. 
What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up this morning, Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Jazz, will join us at 8.30. Talk about the Jazz game tonight with Oklahoma City. And then Steve Cleveland at 9 o'clock. He's back after an incredibly short offseason. Our basketball insider. We can talk to him about the Jazz and the NBA and also college hoops. Gonzaga with another dominating win this weekend. They just keep looking awesome. We'll talk with Steve coming up at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, your feedback on the Jazz and the two completely different performances they've turned in in the first two games. And we'll do that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.